Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. Like when you start getting used to being outside so much, it's like you start craving it. And if you don't go outside, you feel really like gross. Yeah. Or at least I do. And it's just amazing. It's amazing how like, and you go outside and it switches your mood instantly. Double dip on the morning walk to start the day doing something good for you. Not doing something good for your boss. Not doing something good for your accounts. Do something good for you. It sets the tone for the day. Mentally, subconsciously, it's like, hey, I give a shit about myself. Hey everyone, Meredith here, and you're listening to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. Today, we are taking things outdoors. And what I mean is we're going to talk about the benefits of, yeah, getting outside, outdoor fitness, what it has done for us and our mental health and our physical health, and some small things that you can do to incorporate an outdoor routine. But first, a reminder, we want to feature your question on the podcast. So here's how you do it. You like our show, rate us, preferably five stars, bonus points if you leave us a written review, and then screenshot that. So like screenshot the review and then send us an email, info at tacticmethod.com with your question, and we will consider featuring it on the show or perhaps even doing a whole episode about it. So pretty darn cool, I'd say. Anyways, here we go. This is really fitting because we're recording a podcast about the benefits of being outside and doing fitness and things outside, and we're sitting on our deck. So we're recording outside. The whole thing looks ridiculous. Basically like a podcast setup on a little cheapo Walmart fold-out table. Alex is, I'm going to paint the picture here. <laughs> Alex has like Lululemon black kind of like everyday sh shorts. You have maybe like a six-year-old bikini top on. <laughs> Where it looks like you're about to like it's show it's nip. my hot tub bikini the one that oh because hot tubs ruin your bathing suits they, yeah so I'm like hey this is relegated to the hot tub yeah so whenever I wear it I'm like this is dangerous yeah it's way too big well to finish that there might be a story. nip slip yeah and she's also wearing like dark oakley in frame running glasses it's cute it's a good look so I just go back from no North photos please yeah I just go back from North Carolina and I accidentally took with me a bathing suit top that belongs to you, which is actually, I think, the same one that you're wearing now, but in black. And I mean, like, we have a lot of the same or, like, similar clothing. So I just grabbed it because I thought it was mine. And if you haven't, I mean, I would say most people who listen to this haven't met us. I'm, like, a size small, and you're definitely, like, a medium. You're I'm just, like, a size up from me in most I'm actually things. a small top. Oh. And I'm, like, an if, extra small? If there aren't any sleeves, oh, yeah. I can wear small. But yeah. if there are sleeves, I have to wear extra large. Yes, well, we definitely don't wear the same bra size. No, you or wear one suit. size down. Yeah. So I spent my week in North Carolina. We did a lot of pool days because I was there with my sister and my nephew. And I was like, well, my my boobs are going to be out at some point. 100. Because I could see it. And then you get it wet and it just becomes oh, even looser. Yeah. God. Yeah. So I was kind of glad that I didn't have a nip slip in public. I actually bought a new bathing suit just the other day because I need one, clearly. And are you supposed to wear underwear when trying on bathing suit bottoms? Oh, I think this is kind of a debate. Because they have the like little paper, the sticky part. But I don't know how old this like new bathing suit was that they were still selling. But I put it on and like 
the sticker that goes like on the part that touches your vagina was like rolling up. Yeah. And so when I put it on with no underwear, I'm sorry if that's gross. I was like, ow, you know? Well, I had one time, I did, I've tried on a bathing suit bottom one time and like somehow the sticky crotch thing was like stuck to me. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know why that was so much grosser than it just like being in the crotch of yeah. the bathing suit. And I was like, oh God. So then I don't know, like, when that happens, are you like, hey, by the way, the sticky crotch came out of the bathing suit. I don't know what you want to do about that. Nothing. Don't say anything. I didn't say anything. And that's why my bathing suit that I'm wearing right now is six years old. Look, like, I don't know. Have you been keeping up with bathing suit fashion for the year of 2023? Because... I feel like they're getting higher and higher at the bottoms. The bottoms are getting higher, which... But also less. Yeah. The fabric is moving up. But not... In a proportional way. No. So there's a lot less on the butt cheek, a lot more on the waist. More coverage on the waist and like upper butt, but definitely less coverage on the ass. And you don't need to worry about a plumber's butt with the new styles. But also, I guess like side boob and under boob are in. So like you'll, I saw, I had heard that. And then I saw some like, you know, CrossFit people out at a beach somewhere. And I was like, that's like a lot of tit hanging out of this, their bathing suit. I'm like, is, that's intentional, right? And it had to be because like each, it wasn't like one tit was more out than the other one. They were equivalently yeah. exposed. And Good then investigation on that. All three of the women had equivalently exposed tits. Under teat. Under teat inside. How about over teat or like over nipple? Top part of the nipple. Because that's what happens when I wear my giant oh, swimsuits. Like an upper aerial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as the hairs are short, I think that's okay. It's when you get Ew. the like upper and then also one of those freaky like long nip hairs is hanging out. That would be not as good. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, like a booby cup that makes appearances at some point in our videos. It was in our video today. You used it in the first like pride release of our t-shirts. People love that cup. It's so weird. But someone commented basically like enough with the booby cup. You know, this would be like me walking around with a penis cup. Don't you dare ever, Don't. ever, ever compare titties, lovable titties, lovable to a penis. Absolutely not. They are on completely different playing fields. Yes. Yeah. There's a big difference between boobies and genitalia. Yeah. And like, how do you even know that those are female boobies? They could be moobies. Yeah. So now you're just being like sexist. Yeah. I mean, maybe I want to like a man booby cup. What I love about the booby cup is how similar the boobies on the cup look to your boobies. Which are like, they were definitely <laughs> boobies, but they're like perky and far apart. <laughs> There's and a lot very of Very small. <laughs> very small. Yeah. I love that cup. It's made by a potter i think in colorado and she donates a lot of money to breast cancer research i always like putting that one out and then yeah tagging her and like i see a lot of our followers also now follow her studio so it's really cool gosh alex that's enough blabbering about boobies for today so we're gonna yeah we're talking about getting outside and i guess th the way that i like i don't i wasn't sure how i wanted to start this one but mental health is being discussed in the CrossFit space a lot more than it ever has been, I think. Or everywhere. Well, everywhere. Yeah. But like even when it was, you know, uh, you think back to Michael Phelps, who was kind of one of the first like Olympic level athletes to really be open about his struggles with mental health. And then Simone Biles, you know, a handful of other, I can't remember the NFL quarterback. But anyways, a lot of like relatively high profile athletes were coming out and kind of saying like, hey, I struggle with mental health. I always felt like CrossFit was a little bit reluctant to get on board with that messaging. And I couldn't really understand 
why you just didn't see it talked about that much. And the people who did talk about it, I mean, you have like Con Porter, I think it was pretty open, but like that's kind of it. And anyways, with Haley Adams taking the season off and then like a late withdrawal would be Mal O'Brien and I guess a handful of other those like the teenage athletes sort of share that they have struggled. It's being discussed more, which I really appreciate because I think it's a really important part of athletics to talk about these things. And also my my big concern with CrossFit, especially in like teenage athletes, is the lack of support when you compare it to like NCAA and even high school sports, like access to counselors, therapists, sports psychologists, really experienced coaches. And so I've always just kind of wondered what the actual repercussions might be. And that's not to say that it's going to have like uh, doing CrossFit at an elite level is going to cause mental health issues in every single teenage athlete. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that there are real problems to spending six to eight hours in a gym around people like you're just there to work out and get really fit. I guess the way that I'm going to tie this into our story, because I don't want to speculate about Haley or Mal. That's not the point of that. Just to say, like, that was kind of what brought it front of mind for a lot of people. Something that we have talked about, Alex, offline quite a bit is how our mental health changed when we started spending less time in the gym and specifically more time outside and doing outdoor fitness. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that, because I think we both are people who value fitness and exercise and being in good shape and healthy. But you were definitely stuck in the gym a little bit longer than I was after we kind of started to move on from CrossFit. Yeah, I think I've always been an athlete first. Like, I'm not really somebody who likes doing, like, dryland, if we were playing soccer or something, but I was never somebody who, like, really enjoyed being in a weight room or even golf. Like, I, I never really enjoyed, like, hitting balls or practicing. It's like, I really like playing sports. And it was the same thing with skiing. I think I really love skiing because there wasn't, a ton of drills. It was like you got to ski down the course as fast as you can every single time. And I really love that. And so I, like I grew up playing golf, soccer, skiing, all outdoor sp- sports. Like I never played hockey, never really did anything like gymnastics or, or anything like that. It was always outdoor. So I've always spent a lot of time outdoors. And then I picked up running, as everybody knows, like about 10 years ago when I was running a lot in at the end of university. And then as my CrossFit career kind of started taking off and then Once I got like really better at CrossFit, I realized I had to table running. So I basically went from being outside running like five to seven hours in a week to not ever going outside and spending. And I was never that person who spent five to six hours in the gym. I just like didn't. It would be like two hours in the morning and then maybe an hour at night. And then I would do stuff. I was in law school. And I think that like when we spent our year together, our summer training, we weren't really in the gym, but there was definitely a few years there. And this is when like I started working and you were training for the games. And then like the year after where like we didn't go outside. Yeah. Even in the summer, like we would do outdoor workouts. Like, you know, you'd be in the gym and you'd go for a 400 meter run. Maybe you'd pull the bike out front so you could be in the sun. Like, we didn't go outside. Not for any other purpose than training, like going and doing a track workout or something. Like, that was really it for us. And I think by the time, what was it, like 2019, we were both kind of slowly exiting from the sport. I don't 
think either one of us really had any idea of the toll that it was taking to like being inside like that all the time. Yeah. And there are other components and other factors like just being so hyper-focused on this thing that doesn't have any rules and you don't know what you're doing and yeah. you don't know what everyone else is doing and it lives on social media. Of course, everything we've talked about before. But yeah, I think since being in Fernie, picking back up skiing, picking back up mountain biking, for me, picking back up running and then getting a dog, the majority of my time, unless it's like a work day, is outside. Like Saturday and Sunday, if I'm not working, I am outside doing something. And even in the winter, like with running, with walking the dog, with skiing, again, it's like I have quadrupled the amount of time I spend outside. And again, there are many factors. There's probably reduced stress and reduced like stress on the body from not doing as much high intensity stuff in the gym. But my sleep is better. Like I fall asleep with the sun and wake up with the sun. <laughs> I just even in the summer when my, our sleep is a little bit shorter due to the fact that the sun doesn't go down till like 1030 and then it rises at five. Yeah. You know, you're only getting like seven hours, but you feel good because you're outside. Completely agree. Like the summertime here is a really good indication to me of how valuable sunlight and being outside actually is because, yeah, I'm definitely not getting nearly as much sleep as I do in the wintertime, but I just feel way better. Yeah, I mean, I think we were both one of those people, like I certainly was, that steered away from certain activities because either it would increase my risk of injury. So mountain biking is something I've always loved doing. But I didn't do it for eight years because I was worried about the impact that it would have on my competitive CrossFit season. And then same thing with skiing. That's something that I really wanted to get back into, but was worried about the injury risk. And then even like going out for walks or hikes. Like I, I remember a time where I would not do those activities if I was invited because I wasn't sure how it was going to affect my training the next day. And you're so tired, don't have time that you're like, well, I can't spend all morning going to Kananaskis and going on a three hour hike because I got to train. Exactly. Yeah. Gotta do my squats. And you don't realize, like, or at least I didn't. And again, like, this is our personal experience. A lot of people have different values. And so, but this is just, this is what we have been through and what we see. You don't realize how small that world is until you start to get out of it. So the gym world just gets smaller and smaller the more time you spend in it. It's really fun to be competitive in CrossFit. It's, it's a really like fun way to train. But there's a big world literally outside of the gym. And I think that it, like from my mental health standpoint, as soon as I started getting away from the gym, even when I was still doing some competing in 2019, that year that we were dabbling with going team, that was the year that I started getting out more and immediately was doing less comparison on leaderboards, immediately was less impacted by what I saw other people doing on Instagram. And part of that is you meet a lot of really great people who are not in the CrossFit community. And that kind of helped to temper some of the anxiety that comes from being in the competitive CrossFit community. And I see people who are, they're not even really competitive in CrossFit, who are making the same decisions and choices, sacrifices, if you will, because they're worried about the impact of their training. But I'm like, you don't even realize what you're missing out on. And it's not even an experience. It's literally good for your health to go outside. I think CrossFit is meant to be something, and it has always started as this, something that makes enhances your life. It's like it makes you so physically capable that you can be driving and be like, I want to climb that mountain and go and legit climb that mountain. Yeah. Or have like a big ass backpack and ruck up yeah. that mountain or like 
be able to say like, yeah, I can do that hiking trip and not yeah. even train for it. Or I need to pick up this big bag of sand or do all my, like some of my clients, they're doing a bunch of planting now. And it's like physical labor. Yes. And the fact that they work out allows them to do that for an entire day and be fine the next day and not be injured and not be beat to ratchet. Like that's the point of training and that's the point of CrossFit. But what has happened for people who aren't even elite is everything physical that they do is CrossFit. They've let it consume themselves so much that it impacts everything else. Like whether it's physical activity or just their mental health yeah. or emotional health. Like it's this thing that matters to them. And I think it's important that it matters. But the one downside with CrossFit, which is also a bonus, is that it's so measurable. Yeah. And so people can get caught up in the results. And it's very easy to be like driven to get better. But I think you need to take a step back and say, like, okay, ask yourself, why are you doing this? Yeah. And if it's impacting your life, if it's preventing you from going out hiking with your friends, then maybe you need to readjust what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. If you're like a competitive athlete and you're making a living doing it, so that's different. Yeah. But even still, maybe it's not different. Like, look at Mal. And this is all speculation. Like, maybe if there was a little bit more balance in her life and there had been more balance, like, in the last 10 years that she's been doing CrossFit, that maybe would not have happened. And again, you can't say. Yeah. But based on what I see, it seems like there's just been a lot of, I mean, she was a gymnast first. And that's very, again, it's very similar to CrossFit. And gymnasts come out of gymnastics with a lot of mental health issues, like yeah. re relationship <laughs> with their body issues, relationship with their food issues. And I really don't think CrossFit is that different for the young population. No, it's like the elites in the sport are getting younger and younger, at least on the female side, because it's, I think, so similar to gymnastics, like the same skill set that make you good at gymnastics also make you good at CrossFit. And that skill set seems to peak in the teenage years and people who start training it early. And so I think that's why you're seeing the shift towards younger athletes being at the top in CrossFit. I mean, obviously, there are still some OGs. You still have Annie. You know, Laura Horvath is not super young anymore. But like by and large, you're seeing a lot more late teens, early 20s become very competitive in CrossFit. And that's not a coincidence. That's that's intentional. And they've been in the gym for a long time. And so that's kind of the concern. You know, what's crazy is when I was like, <laughs> this is a bit of a tangent, when I was the best at CrossFit that I was in my career. So around, I would say, 2017 to 2018. I worked out for, you know, maybe four hours a day actually training. If I had to s just stand in place for longer than 15 minutes, my body would just explode. Like my low back, my knees would start to swell up, my hips would hurt. And then also with walking, like if I went on a walk, I'm talking like not running, not rucking, not doing anything for fitness, just going on a walk somewhere around downtown. Same thing. My back would blow up, my hips would hurt, my knees would hurt. And that's just, it kind of is, goes to show you that elite fitness is not health. They're not the same thing. Because there's nothing good about me being in my late 20s and unable to stand or walk for any amount of time because it, it was literally painful in my body to do that. When we went to Brandy Carlisle mm -hmm. back last October which was exactly when we got our dog. My back was in so much pain at that concert because we had to stand for the majority of it that I had to go for physio like 
twice a week for two weeks after that to get it needled and loosened up because it was so painful. Like you said, I could train for hours in a day and I couldn't go shopping. I was like that person that always had to like go into the change room with the person because I needed to sit down. Now we have a dog and we walk probably unless I run with her or if she comes biking with us, we walk over an hour a day. Yeah. Most days, sometimes twice, like two half hour, 45 minute session. Like it's amazing that endurance for standing and walking has changed drastically. Yeah. It's incredible. And it's ridiculous. We're trying to get out fairly early, especially in the winter as the sun's coming up. And that has really helped improve mood. The way that my body physically feels just getting up and moving early in the morning and sleep quality. No doubt about it. That's something that Andrew Huberman has talked about. So we don't hate everything he says. I like most things. I do. I just think he gets he sometimes gets into the weeds and then people go into the weeds with him and forget that these other more basic podcast on morning sunlight exposure is top notch. Yeah, that's so well supported by research. And if you want to hear a much more in-depth discussion about that and understand the research, go listen to that podcast because we're not going to get into that research. But anecdotally, in of two, me and Alex, we started doing the morning walks like as the sun is coming up, if we can. And then bonus points, evening walk, if we can get out with Rue or even sit out on the deck or something. And the what that has done from a regularity standpoint to our sleep and like digestion, it has just been pun intended, night and day. Like you you feel sleepy at the same time of day. You wake up at the same time of day, even without an alarm clock. Like I usually wake up without an alarm clock now. And, you know, that's all because it's that like melatonin cortisol connection. So like the morning sunlight is what signals to your body when to start producing or stop producing melatonin and then how that sort of correlates with cortisol production. So from a wake sleep standpoint, such an amazing habit. I have been trying to get a lot of my clients to get out and do the morning walk because I'm like, this is going to make your sleep better. It's going to make your digestion better. It makes everything else in the day like easier. Plus it feels like we can get into that, the other benefits of going outside for fitness and for walks, but it just feels good to start your day like that. Like it's a very intentional start to the day. For me personally, If I don't go out for a morning walk, what I do instead is I immediately either get on my phone or my computer and I start working. So it's like I immediately start stressing myself out and overstimulating myself with work, mostly, sometimes social media. And that's not the best way to start the day. The other day on Monday when you were away, my mom was here with me and she took Rue out for a walk so I could just work. And it got to the end of the day. It was probably like 4 p.m., I had been working since 6 a.m. and I was like, I got to go outside. Like when you start getting used to being outside so much, it's like you start craving it. And if you don't go outside, you feel really like gross. Yeah. Or at least I do. Yeah. And it's just amazing. It's amazing how like and you go outside and it switches your mood like instantly. Even going outside in the wintertime when it's like very cold here, like minus 20, minus 30. Like even that, I'm like, I got to go outside. Yeah. I don't care if it's for five minutes only. I got to get dressed. I got to go outside. Mm-hmm. It makes such a difference. Like some other benefits would be, speaking of Rue, some other benefits would be vitamin D. Obviously, it's a really great way to get your body to produce natural vitamin D versus having to supplement it, which is really important for women because it has a positive effect on calcium absorption. So from a like a bone density standpoint, 
it doesn't seem like sunlight and bone density are related, but they are related because of the impacts to how your body absorbs and uses calcium. And then for men and women, vitamin D is a really important part of testosterone production. So when someone is saying like, oh, how do I you know, naturally increase my testosterone so that I can feel better, so that I can perform better in the gym? And this isn't just exclusive to men. Women also have naturally occurring testosterone. Yeah, going out and getting some sun on, on your skin, like no sunglasses, skin exposed for 30 minutes a day. If you can, more is fine too. That's how you sort of maximize the benefits of vitamin D. If you can put that in the morning, then you kind of double dip on the morning sunlight because you're getting morning sunlight, which helps with sleep and digestion. And then you're getting 30 minutes of sun that will help with vitamin D, which helps with testosterone and vitamin C production. So that's, uh, yeah, that's another benefit outside of the circadian benefits. From like a mental health standpoint, I find, and again, speaking anecdotally, when I'm feeling in a creative rut with content, so coming up with videos, like what do we want to be focusing on social media? I find that if I get into a really good walking habit and walking, I mean, like without my phone, off the phone, just go walk in nature, like my brain just starts going from a creative standpoint. So that's been a really important part of my creative process is continuing and maintaining that walking habit. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the phone too. When you're outside, I think some people can do it. I personally can't when I'm sitting in the sun. I can't be on my computer because I can't see. And it's too hot. And it's the same thing with my phone. I can't see it. Like, yeah, if I have a person, a client that's checking in with me, then I can usually do that. But I can't be doing like hours of work on my phone outside. And then I also notice that when I'm out for my walks with Rue, especially when it's just me and her, sometimes I might be on my phone texting or looking at email or typing something up. And I almost feel bad because I'm not present for Rue. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm slowing her down. And she's looking at me like she's very in touch with where I am because a lot of times we walk off leash in the woods. And it's almost like she's like, Alex, come on, like, yeah, get in the zone here. Enjoy it. And there are many days, even this morning when I was running yesterday, when we were mountain biking, skiing, it's like there's a lot of like nature appreciation moments. And I think oh, like, I love that those yeah. can really impact your mental health in a very positive way as well. It's like, wow. I am the fresh air. Look at how clear the, like, the sky is. Look at the mountains or the woods. or st- Noticing the smells, the birds chirping. Yeah. Like the little animals. Like I think it's as silly as that sounds. And I think there was probably a time in my life where I'd be like, that's dumb. But having changed my life so drastically, it really does impact your overall health. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And it's like it's very grounding to be outside and in nature. And if you're lucky enough to live near nature, like not in a concrete jungle, then it's just like, yeah, it's it makes getting outside even more special. But even for people who don't live in nature, getting outside, leaving your phone at home and just walking around your neighborhood or like getting on a bike and biking around your neighborhood, kind of exploring it from a different vantage point. It's so like mentally stimulating, but not in a I'm attached to a screen, I'm working, I'm on social media, I'm doing Twitter, you become very present with your surroundings. And even for me, and I don't know that I've talked about this on the podcast, but being in the mountains, like when we're in Fernie, which we are now, literally like surrounded on all sides by mountains. We li- Our place is in a canyon. Just staring at the mountains, <laughs> like put the phone away, look at the mountains. It's one of the most grounding things that I can do for me because it's just like, 
okay, breathe. Like there's this big ass mountain that has been here for millions of years. And no matter what bullshit you have going on in your life, that mountain is still going to be there. And the same thing, if you don't live in the mountains, the same thing for bodies of water, you know, the same thing for like literally the dirt that you walk around on. How old is that dirt? I don't know. There's something very grounding about being alone in nature, as long as it's safe to do so. Yeah, I would agree. I think I am a big proponent of any sort of physical activity. At the same time, I get really bothered when I see the like the sitting bikes, the like little foot thing. It's you're sitting in a chair, a regular oh, chair yeah. or couch, and you put your foot to move your like feet. Yes, I've seen those. I also like as much as I like desk treadmills, like if you're somebody who's working for many hours in a day and you like want to keep moving, I love the desk treadmill. I also like treadmills just for running because they're convenient and a lot of people do it. At the same time, I'm like, get your ass outside. Yeah. Get your ass outside. And if like, if your life is so insanely busy with work or as soon as you're done work, you know, you're with kids, you're at the hockey rink, whatever it may be, make time to get outside. Yeah. Make it your, will make take everything else in your life so much better. Literally 15 minutes. Yeah. Go outside for 15 minutes in the morning. If you don't have time for 15 minutes, if you have kids, take your kids. Yeah. They will benefit from the sunlight too. Like get outside, go for family walks. I spent a lot of time outside and I would like laugh at people who went on family walks because that's not something our family did. But I'm like, do it. Yeah. Do it. Like take your kids running with you. Get a stroller. Get whatever you need to do to get your ass outside. That's my advice. Yeah. So when I was just in North Carolina with my sister who's super pregnant, like couple days past her due date. I assume that at, when this podcast is out, she will have had my niece. Our niece. Our niece. Sorry, Alex. We're the cool aunts. She's in that phase of pregnancy that's just like very uncomfortable where you're not. It's <laughs> uncomfortable. It does look uncomfortable. First off, every time I see like a video or a photo, I'm like, how is she moving? I know. You're just it's like, that's like amazing. a lot of. Yeah. And she's not sleeping super well because it's just so uncomfortable and she's hot. Even on the days where I was there, where she was exhausted, you still have to deal with my nephew, who's 15 months. It's just a lot. She'd go for a walk every day. If that's like, if that's what she can do for exercise and for her health, that's what she does. On rainy days, outside for a walk. I mean, unless it's like thundering, lightning, it's unsafe. But like, there's that saying, there's no such thing as bad weather. There's only bad outfits, which I 100% agree with. Yeah. But it's, it definitely becomes something that is in your bones. If I have to tell anyone who wants to improve their nutrition to do two things and that aren't nutrition related that will impact your nutrition and your overall health, it's sleeping eight hours and getting outside and walking every day. And the walking helps with the sleep. So it's like that's kind of like the foundation. Like people say sleep's the foundation, which I agree with. But like what can improve your sleep really is the actionable thing. And this is one of those things. Like I cannot say it enough. Like get outside. If you're like in the gym five days a week, Three days a week, move one of those things to outside. Yeah. Do it. Gets good for longevity. There's, a, there's research on the impacts of daily outdoor activity in the older population. And essentially, there's this like systematic review of people age 70 and over who either get outside for 30 minutes or more a day or don't. And essentially, the people who don't get outside daily become less independent in what they call activities of daily living. So essentially you're losing 
vitality and losing independence. If you don't go outside, they self-rated their health and people who don't go outside self-rated in more poor health than people who did. And then there's a higher rate of early onset urinary incontinence. I don't know why they measured that one, but they did. So from a longevity standpoint, and hello, look at your grandfather who, how old is Walter? He's 93. Yeah. From he that, might be incontinent. We don't know. We don't, he would never. He would no, never. Say he would anything. never. He's too proud. Yeah. But there's a possibility. But the dude is outside a ton in the summertime because he golfs. Yeah. So my tips for success are buy a really nice mountain bike, <laughs> buy a place in the mountains, <laughs> buy skis and a ticket to the nearest ski hill, get a dog, and play golf and buy nice clubs. If you need to not buy furniture. TVs, nice plates. What else don't we have? Children. <laughs> Children. <laughs> to have all these things, do that because it's that important to us. I mean, again, this is so like, these are so much, this is so much our value, but it's not like we're speaking just out of our buttholes here. This is stuff that's been studied and yeah. proven to enhance your life. Jokes so. aside, slash S on that one. Sarcasm. Yes. Yeah, do it. I mean, start where you are and do what you can. That's like, what are you doing now? In what ways can you like reasonably add in? You know, if you're not getting outside, it's probably unreasonable to set a goal of I'm going to go for a 60 minute walk every mm -hmm. day. That's going to be a little much. Just walk around your block, like take 10 minutes to do it. Add five minutes every week. Do something that you can build upon. It's really hard to break the habit, of, especially if you're a work from home person like we are, really hard to break the habit of going on your computer or on your phone right away to check work emails, but don't do it. Double dip on the morning walk to start the day doing something good for you, not doing something good for your boss, not doing something good for your accounts. Do something good for you. It sets the tone for the day. Mentally, subconsciously, it's like, hey, I give a shit about myself. You know, I always say like, making progress for a lot of people is dealing with the mild inconvenience of giving a shit. That's it. That goes for increasing non-exercise activity, getting outside, having success when you're on the road and eating. Like giving a shit is mildly inconvenient if the bar is set at not giving a shit about certain things. Or if we're not being negative, just not having the habit of certain positive things like getting outside, doing research on menus before you travel for work, that kind of thing. It's going to feel like, oh, this is like a lot of work. And it is starting out. But the thing is, you stick with it and a year or two down the road, you look back at the things that used to feel so hard. And those things are just things that you do now. Like brushing your teeth. Yeah. Like as a kid, you had to be told to brush your teeth every yeah. day. You didn't like it. Now, if you don't brush your teeth, you're like, I miss brushing my teeth this morning. And yeah. I feel that. And it feels gross. Yeah. That's going to be your morning walk soon. Yeah, it is. And that's, I mean, anecdotally, that's exactly how it worked for us. I mean, having the dopamine of a puppy to like get you out the door is really helpful. Dopamine does. Yeah, uh, we get a morning walk and a lot of laughs and smiles because yeah. she was such a like munchkin out there. She is. So like that always helps. But even if you don't have a dog, don't want a dog, I promise like you'll get to the point where you really crave it and you like it mm -hmm. and not crave it in like a negative. I'm addicted to morning walks. Just like, yeah, this is a really important part of my day. Biking is also okay, like biking to work. Some people do that. Yeah. I know a lot of my clients now that summer's coming, they've incorporated that into their routine and it's great. Yeah. It's been really nice for them. And yeah. it adds activity and can take 
you know, replaces a gym day, allows for more time at home one evening, that sort of thing. Yeah. It could be a nice little break. Yeah. And I think if you're someone who really you're like in the gym now and the idea of giving up gym time to get outside or, you know, do fitness outside, whether it's a run or a bike or something that's like less CrossFit and more just good for your health. If that's you, it gets easier with time. You think that you're going to lose your strength or your ability to do CrossFit style workouts. I'm going to lose all my gains if I start running or I start walking or I spend less time in the gym, but you won't. Repetition is so important with everything, but you give this repetition, you give it time, you see, hey, nothing bad happened to my ability to perform in the gym. And I now have this awesome outdoor habit that makes me feel really good. Yeah, you just give it time. Yeah, and I think that you might have a better quality workout those four days a week that you're going to the gym if you replace that fifth day with something outside. 110%. Yeah, it's not about doing more. It's about doing better. Do what you do or even less than what you do now, but do it with more intention and more focus and do it better and then take that extra time that you have and use it in a more productive way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I legitimately think I am getting a sunburn. So why don't we wrap this one up so I can go inside and reapply some SPF. I'm an SPF 50 person. I'm very freckly and white and I'm become like more of an olive oil person. Yeah, you're more of like a Pam spray. <laughs> no, I use sunscreen. Yeah. I actually just started applying daily sunscreen. To your face. To my face. Yeah. Every morning. Yeah. You get to your mid-30s and you're like, you know what? A daily SPF is going to be a really good idea for me <laughs> moving forward in my life. So yeah. if you're in your 20s and you're not doing a daily SPF, get, do that shit. Get ahead of the game. Do it. Your mid-30s will thank you. Yeah. When you don't have like... And a good moisturizer. Yeah. Both of those. It's like all we went from spending $0 on facial creams to spending like a lot more but than zero. But all of that money is saved up for us. Now we can spend and not have to worry about the quality. We can go high quality because we've saved so much money not buying. Yeah. And because our skin looks nicer, we spend less money on makeup. So it all works out. Right? Yeah. And like less time on video editing yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it works. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Alex, as always. I'm always happy to make time for yeah. you and the listeners. You, I need to go SPF. You're going to have to, you're going to want to rotate so you don't, you get some even, yeah. you got to even out the sun exposure. Yeah. Thank you for listening. As always, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you made it this far, send us a sun emoji. I'm so sorry. Or just go out for a walk today for five to 10 minutes. Actually, do yeah. It. Do it. Do that and then tag us on Instagram. Or yes, take a photo of your nature appreciation moment and then tag us. Yeah. Afternoon Snack Podcast and Tactic Nutrition will repost you. Yeah, we'll do that. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on the next one. Bye.